This is Chicago's finest internet radio show, making a world a better place, one show at a time. The George Water Jr. Show is now on the air. Take it away, Dad. All right, welcome to the George Wilder Jr. Show. This is beautiful. This is just gorgeous, folks. And you know, I'm in my studio here, and I'm have, I have this great big bundle in front of me, and it's telling me that it's cloudy, dull, and cold outside. You know, but people are out and about. They're having a good time. And, you know, well, it's the beginning of summer, right? And um, it's just cloudy. And it kind of makes you feel, when, when, when your day's kind of cloudy, it gives you that cloudy kind of feeling, you know? But uh, you have to stay up. You have to stay positive, stay strong, and deal with it because we know sunny days are on the way. So we'll put up with the cloudiness, the rain, lots of rain, and we'll deal with it until it's all gone, right? Right. All right. The George Wilder Jr. Show is on the air. And Doris, I can't pronounce her name, but I'm going to do my best. Doris Rondusavovich. It sounds like a Pol- Polish name, okay? And when she comes, if she is coming to the show today, she's scheduled. But if she comes, we'll find out how to actually pronounce her 26 <laughs> it seems like 26 letters is, is in her name, characters. Uh, but she's the one that can probably uh, pronounce her name a lot better than we can, okay? All right, Doris, I'm, I'm just going to say Doris Rondo, you know, Rudo or whatever. I don't want to really crap up her name because it seems like it's at least uh, uh, 15, 16, 20 carats, characters long. All right, the George Wilder Jr. Show is... Making the world a better place one show at a time. At least we're trying. But there's no doubt about it. November, I mean, the midterms, we're going to really make the world a better place. Vote out all of these asshole Republicans. I mean, these. this is the worst administration ever. These are the worst times ever in America. We had the worst president ever. And there are some people out there saying, George, he's not the worst president. It's Obama. Give me a break. George W. Bush was a better president than Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a giant asshole, just like the actor Peter Fonda said he was. I just hated Peter Fonda apologized. <laughs> you know, he didn't have to apologize because there's so many people out here calling Donald Trump a lot worse things than that. Okay? A giant asshole. Uh, he is. Uh, Peter Fonda did not have, I talked about Peter Fonda yesterday on the show, and I'm um, saying again, he didn't have to apologize. I was wishing he didn't apologize, but I had a feeling that he probably would. A lot of people get to him. You know, maybe it was the Secret Service. I don't think he said anything uh, that damaging that could involve the Secret Service. The Secret Service had any clue at all. They would stop guarding this guy. They would stop guarding this guy. This guy is about to cut or wanted to cut $91 billion from health care and children programs. This is what Trump wanted. He wanted to cut $91 billion from children's programs. That tells you right then and there that this man does not like children. He doesn't give a fuck. 
And just because he uh, signed an executive order to stop having families separated, that's a bunch of junk. He did not have to sign anything. He could have just made a fucking call. But he had to he had to do it up because he wanted people to take photographs of him, put him on TV, doing something that he is the blame of, doing something that he started as if, as if he's the victim of his own bullshit. This man, and then he goes, and then after he signs this executive order, which he didn't have to do, he runs off to some rally in Minnesota basically just to hear them cheer him. The heat was so bad up his ass when he was when he and his goons were out here separating children that he had to go to his base so they can shower him with love after everybody has been, you know, up his ass about in his ass about separation of children from their kids and you know he signed his executive order and it's now over, but it's not really over. I'm, I, I hear in some detention camps they're drugging kids without the parents' approval, and that's wrong. So there's more there's more lawsuits of Donald Trump's ass that's coming. I don't see how he can take all this shit. This stuff is just piling up, piling up, piling up, and he just runs off to his base to wipe the sweat off his face when America is in his hands. This was actually an American win. The people told Donald Trump that they weren't taking his shit no more. They said they weren't going to take what he was doing to families anymore. And the heat got to him, so he ran out of the kitchen. He ran off to a rally. He may be still there. I don't know. But you really got to be a dumbass, a fool, an idiot to be a Donald Trump supporter. I've seen a lot of his supporters on Facebook, and they look, a lot of them are old people. They seem like they're in their 60s and 70s and 80s, you know, and saying that they don't matter if kids are in camp or if they are drugged or if they are crying. These people are probably on Social Security, getting food stamps. Uh, rental assistance. Donald Trump and sucked them all over, threw them under the bus, but still they support him. It, it, it's just mind-boggling to what uh, these people are all about. And I still say that uh, Donald Trump only has a few supporters. A lot of people have left his ass. And in one state, folks, in one state, they will not let Donald Trump or Mike Pence on the ballot for 2020, for the 2020 election, until these clowns show their taxes. I forget what state it was. And once I find out what state it, it is, uh, I'll present that to you. But it is true, I believe, that one state is saying they will not have Donald Trump on their ballot if he decides to run in 2020 until he and that asshole, uh, Mike Pence, show their taxes. I'm just hoping other states will follow suit on that. Other, other states need, need to follow. At first when I read it, I thought it was the entire United States, every state, all 50 states. But it's so far, 
that I know of, it's only one state, one state saying they are not going to put Donald Trump on the ballot or pinch until these clowns show their taxes. And I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I'm going to have to post that because a lot of people don't know that. I just ran across it today, and I'm hoping that is true. I did, before I said it, I did try to verify where it came from, and, you know, and I still will do some more research on it before I, uh, but it's a great thought. If it's true, it's a great thought. If it's not true, then it should motivate some states to try and do something like that. Keep them assholes off the ballot in every state until some fucks show their uh, taxes. They're both hiding something. I'm pretty sure it is. They're hiding something, especially Donald Trump. Manafort is Manafort. Paul Manafort's in jail. You know that, right? But did you know that Paul Manafort is the one who chose Mike Pence to be vice president? That should tell you something right there. And who knows? Asshole will probably pardon this guy. Trump will probably try to get him out of jail. Nothing surprises me anymore about Donald Trump. It really doesn't surprise me anymore about Donald Trump. And it doesn't, and his supporters, they don't surprise me either. Because, you know, they're, they're out there for their king shit. King Donald Trump. This is what they're out there for. King Donald Trump. And um, it's just mind-boggling that people can put up with his shit. They 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 defend him on snatching children away from their parents and putting them in cages, which is a human rights violation. He should be brought up on charges just for that. Just because he ended it doesn't mean that sometime in the future he will not be brought up on charges for uh, human violation. It's there. And I'm pretty sure he's scared to death. That's why he ran off to Minnesota to have people clap for him and call him great. And and them stupid fucks, they did just that. They uh, uh, lambasted the media, specifically CNN, which I think is a viable uh, source for news. But Donald Trump doesn't like the media. He calls the media the enemy of America. Bullshit. Donald Trump is the enemy of America. He's the enemy in the White House. He's a Russian spy, a Russian thug. Every time he goes overseas, he congratulates and applauds the dictators and give the finger to our allies. I hope Robert Mueller, the special counsel into the Russia investigation into the 2016 election, I hope Robert Mueller is getting all of this because this could pad his already information of scandals and criminal criminality against Donald Trump. Every time Donald Trump opens his mouth or does something, Uh, uncommon to the United States, that's uncommon of the United States, that is not what the United States is is all about, 
that should be able to pad Robert Mueller's uh, investigation with more shit that he can charge Donald Trump with. Yeah, this is so bad. <laughs> this is so bad. I mean, this is going to go down. I mean, Donald Trump and his bullshit is going to go down. And I call it bullshit because he, he talks out of his ass. And everybody who's anybody out there who is offended by my language, pardon me. I just can't help it. I, I for for a few years I tried not to say a bad word, but you know, I mean, the, the president isn't. He he's not shy to say a bad word because he says them all the time, and uh, out in public and reporters report on report on him saying bad stuff. Well, George, you don't have to say bad words on your show. I've had some guests call off the show and say, "Oh, we can't go on George's show. He cusses." Uh, but if you if you um, check out some of the television programs, broadcast TV, cable. Uh, a lot of the shows, the Bill Maher show, I mean, Bill Maher, he really gets down. I mean, he, he the fuck. I mean, <laughs> Bill Maher, you have Sandra, uh, 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 Samantha B. I mean, these people curse up a storm on their shows. And it's not because it's cable. I mean, broadcast television, too. Channel 7, Channel 5, Channel 32. These people also have shows. I mean, don't even talk about that garbage family guy. So uh, I thought I'd join the club. <laughs> and plus with what the Democrats, I mean, not the Democrats, the Democrats aren't doing any, anything. What the Republicans are doing, it makes you want to use foul language. I mean, there's so many people on Facebook using foul language. And I, as I said, I hate that uh, 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 Peter Fonda, the actor, uh, uh, apologized. You know, there are so many people who have apologized for calling Trump a, an asshole. Uh, who shouldn't have, because Trump is an asshole. But Trump gets off. He gets off. He feels good about it when you apologize. He feels like he's won something. Oh, he apologized. You didn't have to apologize. He is that. An asshole. A giant asshole. <laughs> All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. It is Pinterest. Okay, I got these dialogue boxes dialogue boxes popping up in, on my screen here, and I have to take time to click them off while I'm trying to, you know, speak and everything. And uh, it's just a beautiful day out there, folks, even though at least in the city of Chicago, it's beautiful. And I always hope that wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And if it's great where you are, get out and enjoy the weather. You know, especially if you're senior, uh, it pays to get out there and enjoy the weather. Get that blood flowing. You know, get that blood flowing. It's very, very important. I've, I've told people for, for a few years now, you don't have to join a gym to get exercise. You don't have to pay $100 a month. I, yeah, there's some gyms that uh, exercise gyms, some fitness centers will uh, charge you close to, if not $100 a month to join their club when you don't need it. All you have to do is eat right, Drink water, exercise, and pay attention to your body, and you will be fine. And you can put that $100 in the bank instead of wasting it on some fitness club that's going to try to screw you out of every cent you got with a personal trainer. 
and especially for the elderly. I mean, you just walk around your neighborhood for about 30 minutes to an hour every day. Beautiful. That's wonderful. That blood gets to flow in uh, from your arteries to your heart, you know, to your veins. And it's good. Exercise will keep you from getting cancer. And if you have diabetes, exercise can eradicate it. Heart disease, you get heart disease, exercise. A lot of people die every year not knowing that all they had to do was a simple 30-minute exercise every day, uh, uh, every day. And then m- m- maybe even use some weight, some resistance, you know, some weights, some barbells or something. Um, so many people die, you know, all the time simply because they didn't watch or listen to their body clock, you know? So uh, get out there and exercise. I don't know how I got from <laughs> Donald Trump to exercising. I just run off at the mall. But you know what? I'm basically a quiet person. Uh, usually I don't talk until someone talks to me, but I have to, you know, we are in a crisis. All right, don't quit when someone, when others doubt you. Do not quit when they turn on you. Do not quit when they lie and spread falsehoods about you. Don't quit when they say you can't do it. Don't quit when they work hard to bring you down. Now, everybody is probably not going through that kind of experience in their life, but some people are. You'd be surprised at the some people out here, even in some families, how they try to stop another family member from being the best that they can be, uh, going out and actually achieving something. It's, it's happening, folks. This is why it, it has happened to me. And uh, I, I always try to share my experiences because I know whatever I've gone through, other people are going through also or have gone through. And a lot of people actually need someone to just give them that, you know, a little bit of push to get them going. Believe me, I've I've seen him and I've talked to people like that during my whole life. You know, so don't quit when others doubt you. Keep going. Don't quit when they turn on you. Keep going because a lot of people will turn on you just so to make you feel bad, as if you and make you feel as if you're nothing, to make you feel helpless. The hell they turn on you. You you just say f you, and you keep doing what you love. You keep. Uh, uh, chasing that dream, those goals, because it pays to be something in life, folks. It pays to get something out of life. It pays to be a leader. No one likes a follower. Followers get nowhere. You have to be a leader. You have to create, and you have to tell everyone that you know that you're a leader and that you're creative. No one wants someone that is not going to participate in a lot of things that they should be participating in. You have to be a leader. You have to get out there and say, uh, uh, follow me, and the followers will probably follow you. But nobody wants to be a follower. You know, you got some followers in, in, in some families. Um People who just look for other people to lead them by the chain, lead them around. Leaders are people who create. 
leaders are people who get to be around them. Leaders are folks who do great things. If you're a leader, you do, you're going to do great things. You're going to be creator. And once you, people get the gist of what you're doing, they will follow you. You don't have to ask anybody to follow you. They're going to follow you because you are a leader. And a lot of people do need leaders because some are followers. And then some people are just afraid to be leaders. Don't be afraid to be a leader. You know, create something, do something, tell us about it. You know, uh, you know, there's a lot of leaders out here, leaders in every corner of America and the world. We don't even know their names. We don't know <laughs> what they're doing, but they're leaders. They're leading in their community. And the residents of their community respect them and follow them. And that's what America needs. We need leaders. We cannot look at Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, or our representatives to lead us. We have to lead ourselves. As you can see right now, uh, the White House is is, uh, a mess. I wanted to say chaotic, but I'm going to be straightforward and just say a mess. We've got a man in the White House that should not be there, and he's fucking everything up he touches. He's fucking everything up that comes out of his stupid mouth. He should not be there. He's a fake president. He he loves using the word fake, fake media, fake, fake, fake. But there's no other person that's fake than Donald Trump. Donald Trump is in the White House because the, of the Russians who cheated, who he asked to uh, uh, cheat. He asked them on camera, on video, but he denies it. Well, I was just joking. Donald Trump does not joke. He only says he's joking when the shit hits the fan. Then he's joking. And the uh, Republicans, it seems as if they believe him. You know, um, try to be a leader. You know, followers, they don't get anywhere. Followers just look – a follower – it will not join a basketball team. A follower will not be a part of your group. A follower is just content with sitting back and looking and watching what you do. Follower is, is I don't like being around followers. I want to be around leaders because leaders can tell me something. Uh, I can learn things from leaders. I can't learn a damn thing from a follower because they don't know nothing. All they know is how to follow. Sit back and look and watch. That's what they do. And then if anybody tries to um, get them involved in anything that they ought to be involved in, they're going to turn you down strictly. No, I don't want to do that. I'm cool followers. And in my estimation, followers are losers, total losers. But most followers, they don't think that way. They don't think they're losers because they can't do shit or they won't do anything or they refuse to do anything or they refuse to make anything of themselves and their lives. They think they're just fine. 
They're just waiting for somebody to tell them what to do, where to go, where to sit, where to stand. It's not cool to be a follower, okay? So what we want, what we're looking for, what America is looking for, are leaders, leaders like you, leaders like me, leaders like the folks over here, leaders. Followers don't even cross my path, you know, because, you know, we're, because I think, I think leaders are, leaders can communicate with other leaders. Followers can probably communicate better with other followers, but you cannot have a leader and then a follower because that's not going to jail. You know, leaders wants to be around, leaders wants to be around leaders, followers, you know, want to be around leaders. Of course, if a person's a leader and they saw and they see a follower sitting over there on the couch, the follower is waiting for the leader to say, "Hey, wow, come join us." And then the leader, then the follower might turn him down because the follower is just looking, observing, sitting with a milkshake <laughs> in his or her mouth. But it's it's not really good to be a follower. It really isn't. And I try to tell people that because followers get nowhere. Leaders, they get somewhere. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Jr. Show. I don't know how I got on leadership, but somehow it's just, you know, you, you, you talk, you talk your ass off, and all of a sudden you're just talking about anything and everything. But whatever I'm talking about on the George Wilder Jr. Show, it is vital. It is very important. I wouldn't be talking garbage or stupidity on the George Walter Jr. show. Some people say the show is too serious. Some people laugh at, at some of the things I say, but it's fine. I don't care. You know, it's it's up to you. All right, it's 634 in the city of Chicago. It's cloudy and it's foggy and it's cool, but hey, it's all right. It's all right. Sound like an impression song. Hey, it's all right. Um, So, yeah, yeah, things are going good. Oh, okay. Now, this is Ashley Judd. Now, she's going to have a few choice words at the beginning of this speech, but I always like to listen to this because she is just so adamant about what she's saying. And uh, it, it, there are a few bad words here, folks, so... Uh, you might have heard it before, but that's fine. Um, here is Ashley Judd, the actress. Excuse me, something's in my throat. The actress, Ashley Judd. Ashley Judd, stupid fucking slut. You can't sue someone for calling them a cunt. If you can't handle the internet, fuck off, whore. I wish Ashley Judd would die a horrible death. She is the absolute worst. Ashley Judd, you're the reason women shouldn't vote. Twisted is such a bad movie, I don't even want to rape it. Whatever you do, don't tell Ashley Judd she'll die alone with a dried out vagina. If I had to fuck an older woman, oh my God, I would fuck the shit out of Ashley Judd. That bitch is hot AF. 
the unforgivable shit I would do to her. Online misogyny is a global gender rights tragedy, and it is imperative that it ends. And women's voices and our allies' voices are constrained in ways that are personally, economically, professionally, and politically damaged. And when we curb abuse, we will expand freedom. I am a Kentucky basketball fan, so on a fine March day last year, I was doing one of the things I do best. I was cheering for my Wildcats. The daffodils were blooming, but the referees were not blowing the whistle when I was telling them to. <laughs> Funny, they're very friendly to me before the opening tip, but they really ignore me during the game. Three of my players were bleeding, so I did the next best thing. I tweeted. It is routine for me to be treated in the ways I've already described to you. It happens to me every single day on social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook. Since I joined Twitter in 2011, misogyny and misogynists have amply demonstrated they will dog my every step. My spirituality, my faith, being a hillbilly, I can say that, you can't, all of it is fair game. And I have responded to this with various strategies. I've tried engaging people. This one guy was sending me hyper-sexual, nasty stuff, and there was a girl in his avatar, and I wrote him back and said, Is that your daughter? I feel a lot of fear that you may think about and talk to women this way. And he surprised me by saying, you know what? You're right. I apologize. Sometimes people want to be held accountable. This one guy was musing to I don't know who, that maybe I was the definition of a cunt. I was married to a Scot for 14 years, so I said, cunt means many different things in different countries. But I'm pretty sure you epitomize the global standard of a dick. I've tried to rise above it, I've tried to get in the trenches, but mostly I would scroll through these social media platforms with one eye partially closed, trying not to see it, but you can't make a cucumber out of a pickle. What is seen goes in, it's traumatic. And I was always secretly hoping in some part of me that what was being said to me and about me wasn't true. Because even I, an avowed, self-declared feminist, who worships at the altar of Gloria, <laughs> internalize the patriarchy. This is really critical. Patriarchy is not boys and men. It is a system in which we all participate, including me. On that particular day, for some reason, that particular tweet after the basketball game triggered something called a cyber mob, this vitriolic, global outpouring of the most heinous hate speech, death threats, rape threats. And don't you know, when I was sitting at home alone in my nightgown, I got a phone call, and it was my beloved former husband, and he said on a voicemail, loved one, what is happening to you is not okay. Yeah. And there was something about him taking a stand for me that night that allowed me to take a stand for myself, and I started to write. I started to write about 
sharing the fact that I'm a survivor of all forms of sexual abuse, including three rapes, and the hate speech I get in response to that. These are just some of the comments posted to news outlets. Being told I'm a snitch is really fun. Thank you, Jesus. May your grace and mercy shine. So I wrote this feminist op-ed. It is entitled, Forget Your Teen. It is your online gender violence toward girls and women that can kiss my righteous ass. <laughs> and I did that alone, and I published it alone, because my chief advisor said, please don't. The reign of retaliatory garbage that is inevitable, I fear for you. But I trust girls, and I trust women, and I trust our allies. It was published. It went viral. It proves that every single day, online misogyny is a phenomenon endured by us all, all over the world. And when it is intersectional, it is worse. Sexual orientation, gender identity, race, ethnicity, religion, you name it, it amplifies the violence endured by girls and women. And for our younger girls, it is worse. It's clearly traumatizing. Our mental health, our emotional well-being are so gravely affected because the threat of violence is experienced neurobiologically as violence. The cortisol shoots up. The limbic system gets fired. We lose productivity at work. And let's talk about work. Our ability to work is constrained. Online searches of women applying for jobs reveal nude pictures of them, false allegations they have STDs, their addresses indicating that they are available for sex. With real examples of people showing up at this house for said sex. Our ability to go to school is impaired. 96% of all postings of sexual images in our young people Girls, our girls, our boys are two to three times more likely non-consensually to share images. And I want to say a word about revenge porn. Part of what came out of this tweet was my getting connected with allies and other activists who are fighting for a safe and free internet. We started something called the Speech Project, curbing abuse, expanding freedom. And that website provides a critical forum because there is no global legal thing to help us figure this out. But we do provide on that website a standardized list of definitions because it's hard to attack a behavior in the right way if we're not all sharing a definition of what that behavior is. And I learned that revenge porn is often dangerously misapplied. It is the non-consensual sharing of an image used tactically to shame and humiliate a girl or woman that attempts to pornography us. Our natural sexuality is, I don't know about yours, pretty gorgeous and wonderful. And my expressing it does not pornography make. So I have all these resources that I'm keenly aware so many people in the world do not. I was able to start the speech project with colleagues. I can often get a social media company's attention. I have a wonderful visit to Facebook HQ coming up. Hasn't helped the idiotic reporting standards yet. I actually pay someone to scrub my social media feeds 
attempting to spare my brain the daily iterations of the trauma of hate speech. And guess what? I get hate speech for that. Oh, you live in an echo chamber. Well, guess what? Having someone post a photograph of me with my mouth open saying they can't wait to come on my face, I have a right to set that boundary. And this distinction between virtual and real is specious because guess what? That actually happened to me once when I was a child and so that tweet brought up that trauma and I had to do work on that. But you know what we do? We take all of this hate speech and we disaggregate it and we code it and we give that data so that we understand the intersectionality of it. You know, when I get porn, when it's about political affiliation, when it's about age, when it's about all of it. We're going to win this fight. There are a lot of solutions. Thank goodness. I'm going to offer just a few. And of course, I challenge you to create and contribute your own. Number one, we have to start with digital media literacy. And clearly, it must have a gendered lens. Kids, schools, caregivers, parents, it's essential. Two. Shall we talk about our friends in tech? Said with dignity and respect, the sexism in your workplaces must end. Edge, the global standard for gender equality is the minimum standard and guess what? Silicon Valley, if L'Oreal in India, in the Philippines, in Brazil, and in Russia can do it, you can too. Enough excuses. Only when women have critical mass in every department at your companies, including building platforms from the ground up, will the conversations about priorities and solutions change. And more love for my friends in tech, profiteering off misogyny and video games must end. I'm so tired of hearing you talk to me at cocktail parties, like you did a couple weeks ago in Aspen, about how deplorable hashtag Gamergate was when you're still making billions of dollars off games that maim and dump women for sport. Basta, as the Italians would say. Enough. Our friends in law enforcement have much to do because we've seen that online violence is an extension of in-person violence. In our country, more girls and women have been murdered by their intimate partners than died on 9-11 and have died since in Afghanistan and Iraq combined. And it's not cool to say that, but it is true. We care so much geopolitically about what men are doing over there to women over there. In 2015, 72,828 women used intimate partner violence services in this country. That is not counting the girls and women and boys who needed them. Law enforcement must be empowered with up-to-date internet technology, the devices, and an understanding of these platforms, how they work. The police wanted to be helpful when Amanda Hess called about the death threat she was getting on Twitter, but they couldn't really when they said, what's Twitter? <laughs> Our legislators must write and pass astute legislation that reflects today's technology and our notions of free and hate speech. 
In New York recently, the law could not be applied to a perpetrator because the crimes must have been committed, even if it was anonymous, they must have been committed by telephone, in mail, by telegraph. <laughs> the language must be technologically neutral. So apparently, I've got a pretty bold voice. So let's talk about our friends, white men. You have a role to play and a choice to make. You can do something or you can do nothing. We're cool in this room, but when this goes out, everyone will say, oh my God, she's a reverse racist. That quote was said by a white man, Robert Morris, chairperson, Price Waterhouse Cooper. He asked me to include it in my talk. We need to grow support lines and help groups so victims can help each other when their lives and finances have been derailed. We must, as individuals, disrupt gender violence. As it is happening, 92% of young people, 29 and under, witness it. 72% of us have witnessed it. We must have the courage and urgency to practice stopping it as it is unfolding. And lastly, believe her. Believe her. The George Wilder Jr. Show is now on the air. You are and this is the resistance. I am confident now, even more so than I have been throughout the last year, that this nightmare presidency of Donald John Trump will end prematurely and end soon, and I am thus also confident that this is the correct moment to end this series of commentaries. The important stuff first. 
There are seven routes in front of Trump. Each inevitably ends in his impeachment or resignation. The first, the likeliest, became a thousand times more likely with the Thanksgiving news of a possible deal between Robert Mueller and General Michael Flynn. As I reported here as long ago as April 4th, the most specifically qualified expert alive on the subject of prosecuting a president, my friend, the Nixon White House counsel John Dean, put it to me very simply. Mueller is not shooting down. Mueller does not make a deal with Flynn to get Paul Manafort. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Jared Kushner. He does not make a deal with Flynn to get Trump Jr. Mueller makes a deal with Flynn to get Donald Trump. Period. The Flynn deal report suggests Mueller has completely assembled the backbone of his case and is now just hanging the meat from it. And just as importantly, if Flynn has merely considered a deal from Mueller, it almost necessarily means Flynn either doesn't believe he would get a pardon from Trump or that Mueller, as I've also reported here, has succeeded in finding a way around Trump's pardon power. And either of these near certainties spell Trump's doom. So that's the most obvious of the seven ways for Trump to go now. Mueller really will get him on Russia. It will be ugly and it will tear this country nearly apart, but it will be necessary. The second way is, as I've also repeatedly suggested here, that Mueller doesn't really need to prove anything about Trump and Russian sabotage of the election. There seems to be so much obstruction of justice from the firing of James Comey to the lies about Trump Jr.'s meetings with the Russians, that it's hard to pick out a key player in the Trump inner circle who could not be guilty of it. Trump could be impeached on just obstruction of justice and a few lesser charges. Nixon was about to be. Or there is a third way. We could be spared the trauma of a Russia impeachment or an obstruction of justice impeachment as we were spared it with Nixon if Trump is smart or just sufficiently scared enough, and he resigns. Or if he isn't, those around him who could still sell themselves by selling him out will force him to resign. A modified version of this, of course, is the fourth possible outcome, that even if Mueller is months away from his denouement, the Republicans will impeach or remove Trump by spring purely to save their own asses. The state elections in Virginia and Oklahoma earlier this month show what could face Republican incumbents nationwide next November. Not only were Democratic victories overwhelming, but half of them were little morality plays. The 26-year-old lesbian beats the Republican in the district Trump won by nearly 40 points a year ago. The transgendered candidate in Virginia beats the guy who wrote an anti-equality bathroom bill. The boyfriend of a news reporter shot to death on camera beats the Republican pro-NRA candidate. I'll say it again. Richard Nixon was not forced out of office by Democrats, not really even by Watergate. Democrats controlled the Senate and the House. Every day Richard Nixon was president. They could have impeached him at any point. He resigned when the leading Republicans went into the White House and told him that not only would he be impeached and convicted, but he would take all of them down with him and they were not going to let him do that. So that's the fourth way out. Trump becomes more of an albatross to Republicans, well, more, took them down. more of a rallying cry to Democrats, France. and the Republicans yeah. remove He's him before the them midterms, down. and they then know it. boastfully run for re-election on having removed him. The fifth endgame is the same thing, only faster. The Republicans around him pull off that palace coup that is perfectly legal under the 25th Amendment, and Mike Pence and Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell eject Trump by simply stating he is unfit 
and getting their majorities to agree he's unfit. And if you don't think Pence and Ryan and McConnell would do that, you didn't see Trump's crazy tweet about the Man of the Year award or this thing in front of the Native Americans on Monday. And you don't know Pence and Ryan and McConnell. The sixth means by which Trump leaves early is, of course, that if the Republicans don't impeach Trump before the midterms, the Democrats will be able to after the midterms. If Virginia and New Jersey and Oklahoma are indicators, the Democrats could take the House and might need as few as 25 vulnerable Republicans in the Senate to vote guilty to remove Trump from office. But now there is a seventh new path to destruction for Trump, and it has bubbled up from the sewer of his life recently. And even with how Teflon he has been on this particular subject, it seems hard to believe the dam won't break. His sexual conduct, as not one snowball, but a decade's worth of them, have come down that hill, wiping out all the sleaze bags and emboldening and empowering the victims. It seems impossible to believe that some claimant somewhere does not have tangible evidence against Trump and that they won't say to hell with it and break one of those non-disclosure agreements, and Trump will suddenly be envying Harvey Weinstein. Trump himself inadvertently has hinted at this. The New York Times buried the lead on this over the weekend, but it reported that earlier this year, Trump told a senator that the Access Hollywood pussy grabber tape was a fake. And he has said the same thing, again, recently to a White House staffer. He's obviously trying to work the refs of public opinion in advance for whatever is coming next from a woman here or from Russia. So, I don't see any way out for Trump. Seven freight trains rushing at him. He might avoid a few. He might avoid six of them. He's not going to dance his way out from under all seven. And we, I think, should try to put ourselves in the mindset of those Americans who knew Richard Nixon was guilty as hell after John Dean finished testifying on June 27, 1973. But we're all left wondering if there would ever be a way to prove it, and we're left listening to a majority of the country saying Dean was lying, and left watching nearly the entirety of the gullible news media saying, this was nonsense. Why would a president, even one as crazy as Nixon, ever do this? And more importantly, even if he were somehow guilty, how would he ever be dumb enough to leave any evidence of his guilt? And 16 days later, it turned out, Virtually everything in the Oval Office had been taped, and the ballgame was over, even though it would last another 13 months. Well, this ballgame is also over, and I don't think it's going to last another 13 months. I think months. it's over, too. He just hasn't and so this series fell, is over. This was intended as something temporary, a two-month project by somebody who had given up politics. And instead it became 187 commentaries and around 225,000 words and something approaching 400 million views. And I am proud of it, and I repudiate none of it, and it has been my privilege to do it, and I'm especially proud to have done these videos for free and for charity. But Thank you.
All right, migrant children report physical, verbal abuse at three at in at least three federal detention centers. Okay, so uh, this is nothing uh, new. I think this has been going on for a long time. They just now uh, reporting on it because of the what the Trump administration is doing and has done and and is doing currently. Okay, once you've strapped down, once they strap you down, they have total control over you. Uh, a Honduran child said about being restrained in a chair for hours at a Virginia facility. This is just more bad news for the Trump administration. And um, they're going to try to deny it. They're going to spin it. They're going to sessions out there saying that they didn't mean to lock up these kids, which is a total lie. He's just saying that because Donald Trump signed some executive order uh, uh, ending this, ending something that he implemented in the first place and tried to blame Democrats for. So, yeah, and there, it, there's also reports where uh, some of these migrant children in some of these federal detention centers are also being drugged without their parent consent. And I talked about this yesterday on the show. Uh, I don't care if it's a vitamin. I don't, you know, I mean, you you don't give a child anything to go inside his body without uh, first uh, contacting the parent to give you approval. You just can't give, uh, just start uh, forcing pills down a child's throat that's not your own. That could be seen as uh, abuse of some sort, or maybe you know attempted murder or whatever. They they have a name for it. Um, it's just bad. It this is just bad, and oh, I see Trump on my computer. I don't like to see this guy's face on my computer. I don't like to see his face on my television set. I don't like hearing his voice on my radio. I just can't stand it. I, I don't like this man, and I don't want him on anything. Obviously, he's the president of the United States, so you have to kind of cover him. You have to kind of talk about the shit and, and the way he's trying to or is destroying America. You have to talk about that. But I don't have to see his face. I mean, I can read what he's saying, uh, but because much of the, the stuff that he's saying is his ass uh, trying to distract but still in all, he's a dangerous man, and he should not be in the White House. Anyway, let's get back to this uh, uh, migrant children re report. Okay, they're reporting physical, verbal abuse in three uh, federal detention centers, and that shouldn't be happening just because they – and a lot of these folks have been locked in these deten detention centers for quite a while. Trump is – I'm going to get tough on border security. What he's getting tough on, folks, is children, their parents, who cross the border illegally. I mean, this reminds me of, you know, friendly fire in the uh, military. This is crazy. Okay, migrant children as young as 11 years old have reported suffering physical and verbal abuse from staff in at least three separate child detention centers after being apprehended at the border. 
uh, according to uh, multiple lawsuits. And that's what I'm talking about, lawsuits. Stick some more lawsuits up his ass. Apparently, he hasn't got enough of them. Okay. Uh, the allegations are in court filings, and that predate the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy on the border crossing, which has separated more than 2,000 children from their parents. But they paint a disturbing picture of what happens to an uncompanied, uncompanied child, migrants, who end up in federal custody. In the affidavit submitted to the court in two federal lawsuits in 2017 and 2018, children in office in the office of excuse me <coughs> okay an affidavit an affidavits if I can get this straight an affidavit submitted to the court in two federal lawsuits in 2017 and 2018 children in the office of refugee resettlement contracted facilities described as being sent to solitary confinement, cursed at by staff and strapped down to chairs with bags over their heads after acting out. Some of the children described cutting themselves in, attempt, in attempting suicide. You know what? I, I actually believe some of this is happening, but, but it's all allegedly until proven in a court of law. But this sounds like something that would actually happen because, you know, you get, I mean, in federal prisons, you have abuse. Uh, in federal, in some nursing homes, you have the same kind of abuse. Um, so I, I kind of believe what I'm reading here. I, I really do. Um, one Honduran child identified as DM in court filings arrived uh, let's see, arrived, I lost, arrived at the secured Shenandoah Valley Juvenile Center in Virginia in 2014 after a diagnosis of post-trauma stress disorder and remained locked up there for almost a year. It doesn't matter what kind of uh, illness that some of these kids may have. To be locked up for a year, it just protracts, it just prolongs whatever these people, whatever uh, the staff running these places say that they have. And there's no doubt about it. Some of the staff people at some of these places where people are confined to are treated poorly, are treated badly, are beaten, are cursed at, treated like dirt. And it's happening. This is why I say, I believe what these people are saying. You know, the guards routinely refer to the migrant children in federal custody as wetbacks. Wow. And this is a child telling, you know, giving this interview, saying that uh, he calls us, the guards calls us wetbacks. That's so much, that's disrespectful. And this is under Donald Trump's watch. But Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. I mean, he can't stand children. I mean, he's cutting. He wanted to cut or he tried to cut ninety one billion dollars from health care and children's services. And he signed his executive order ending separation as if he was totally in love with children and totally uh, against what he himself implemented. Donald Trump does not love children. It, it, 
you know, you know how he lies, okay? So um, D, DM is a child who doesn't want to, uh, uh, who's, she's talking, but she doesn't want people to know who she is, had repeated breakdowns and attempted to hurt himself several times, the affidavit said. In response, he said guards would handcuff, would handcuff him, strap his chest and legs to a chair, and put a bag over his head with small holes in it. And he goes on to say, once you're strapped down, they have total control over you, DM said. They also put a bag over your head. It has little holes. You can see through it, but you feel suffocated with the bag on. This is a child saying this. Okay, and he goes on to say, the first thing that came to my mind when they, when they put it on me was they're trying to suffocate me. They want, they're going to kill me. This should not be happening in federal detention centers. If you think about it, I don't think people should be treated that way, and they should not be locked up. But now Trump says he, he's going to lock children up with their parents is this, as if that's some sort of consolation. That's no consolation. If these people come across the border and they get caught, the first thing I think the federal government should do is probably just send them right back. Do not put them in cages. Do not put them in tents. Do not separate the children uh, from their parents. If they come across the border, detain them for a while until you can get some sort of motor operative and take, and, and take them immediately back. Catch them and take them back. Or let them seek asylum in the United States because a lot of them are escaping violence in their country. They're, they're looking for work to, to um, uh, support their families. But don't lock them up in cages like they're animals, low-down animals, as some of these guards and staff are doing at some of these uh, uh, centers, federal centers, centers, verbal abuse in all of them, treating the kids like hell. And this could probably be, probably be easily proven if they have cameras throughout the place. If there's cameras throughout the place recording all of this stuff, you know, there's plenty of proof of this. But I'm pretty sure that Donald Trump doesn't give a fuck how these people are treated because he wants to get tough on border security, keeping them out. But when you're putting them in federal prison, what are they waiting for? Are they waiting to be returned to their country? Or they're just going to sit and rot there? The federal government has to do a better fucking job in detaining these people because these are just ordinary people who are trying to escape violence and, and, and with their lives for a uh, better place. No, I am not a bleeding liberal. I'm, I'm an independent. I don't like it when people say, George, you're a bleeding liberal for these fucking people. No, what's Know what, what's right is right, and what's wrong is wrong. And I know it's a lot of people out there saying, fuck them. Just fuck them. But I can't do that. My heart is not that hard to do something like that or to say something like that. I just think 
Yeah, they come across the border illegally. They're not supposed to do that. But instead of locking them up for months and years, why don't you just be ready with some sort of transport? As, as soon as they cross the line, put them in that transport and take them right back where they came from. That's better than taking their child away from them and separating families. That's better than sticking them, sticking them in detention centers with rotten, low-down staff who treats them like shit, the Trump administration. Just take them right back. Maybe you're going to say, well, we don't have transportation all the time to take them right back. Well, then just keep them in don't Do not keep them in detention centers for over a year. That's crazy. You've forgotten about them. How many how many immigrants, these immigrants who are in these detention centers, how many have actually died? Some people can't take that kind of confinement. They will die. Of course, the Trump administration and his goons, they don't care anything about those folks dying. They just want them out of America. They don't give a shit. Trump should be tried for um and we know this. If it was a Democratic president, he wouldn't have gotten this far, period, before the Republicans would have thrown him out of, out of office. But once again, I'm going to repeat it again. Like I did all, the, all, all on the other shows, they're just as scared shitless of Donald Trump. They talk about him. Right now, the Republicans are saying, um, we don't like what Donald Trump is doing. We don't like him as a person. We think he stinks. But we're not going to do anything about him. That's the part I don't get. Get rid of him. Get him out of that White House. Get rid of him and Mike Pence. Get him out of there. You don't like what he's doing. He he's been in there a year and a half, two years, and he done fucked up and lied every day. Uh, yes, of course he's obstructed justice. He knows it. Bob Mueller knows it. Americans, we know it. But some of the Republicans, they're just, well, they don't like what Trump is doing. Some of them don't like him, as I'm repeating, but they will do nothing about it. So if they're crying about Trump splitting up families, well, then that's bullshit because you have, a, you have the power to do something about it, and you don't. They're bitching about people in some of these uh, uh, federal detention centers, how they've been treated, and they're, the Republicans are angry about that. That's bullshit because they would do something about it. Checks and balances, checks and balances on the White House is just non-existent, but it's in the Constitution. If Congress is not checked, checking and balancing the White House, they are going against the Constitution because we know we have a president that is totally, totally unfucking fit Unfit. Unfit. Okay, here's a quote from, I believe, from one of those of uh, kids in one of these detention centers. Okay, quoting, the first thing that came to my head was they are going to suffocate me. They're going to kill me. I think I've read that 
quote before, but it's okay mentioning it again because it is so startling. Okay, when migrant children cross the border, immigration authorities cannot legally keep them detained. Okay, the 1997 Flores settlement and subsequent ruling prohibit the detention of children for more than 20 days. Then why are so many of these kids and people in some of these detentions for over six months, maybe even over a year? Instead, children apprehended at the border are transferred to the care of the Office of Refugees Resettlement within three days so the agency can attempt to locate a sponsor. Now, that doesn't always happen. But that's the way things are supposed to happen. But it doesn't always happen that way. Most migrant children are then released to a parent or relative living within the United States. That doesn't always happen either. Those are things that they want to happen, say should happen, but doesn't always happen because the United States just fucks up everything. And some of these people are in detention centers forever, you know, for a long time. And my thing is, I'm, I want to know, have any of these kids died in some of these uh, detention centers? Or have they been murdered by some of these, uh, uh, by, by staff in some of these federal detention centers? That's what I like to find out. If some of these kids have been murdered or if some of these kids have been really, really abused and we're not hearing about it. We're not hearing about it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the first thing I would like to know, migrant children report physical, verbal abuse at at least three. This is three, but it might be more. Uh, whatever's going on at these three uh, federal detention centers could be going on at the others. And nobody is checking on anything, treating these kids like dog shit. That's and their parents like dog shit when all they did was cross the border, cross the border. Um, they got caught, but they they had many reasons for crossing the border. And some of the United States official border patrol and ICE, they know this. They know this, that they are fleeing from phantom. They're fleeing from a violence. They're fleeing from the death of themselves and their family, only to be put in cages. That's not. America. That's not how we do things in America. We only do those kinds of things because we have a white supremacist, a racist, a thug, a con man. And we have a evil human being in the White House. We have a evil human being in the White House.
All right, another boy detained at the Shenandoah Valley also described getting repeatedly sent to the chair. Oftentimes, after getting into fights with guards, he acknowledged that he had behavioral problems at at times, fought with um, staff and other detainees. Yeah, if someone has behavior problems, they don't need to be in a fucking cell. They need to see some, they need to get counseling or something. Yeah, uh, who knows, the behavior problems may have uh, come along because they were being detained. All right, I'm still quoting. Uh, when I was at when I was at Shannon Doyle, at least once a week, I had to fight with a guard, another kid, or anybody who wanted to fight me because I was so angry. The boy said in an affidavit, they didn't tell me anything about what was going on with my case or when I was going to leave. Not knowing anything, month after month drove me crazy. Uh, okay. Uh, in one instance, since the boy said staff. Re- restrained him in a mental a metal chair for eight hours on a on a separate occasion he remained strapped to the chair so long that he pissed on himself this is not acceptable in an america this is not acceptable this is not acceptable folks this is heartbreaking that people the migrants children are being treated in this fashion at a government detention center. Uh, This is human rights violation uh, all over, all over itself. This, This is just crazy. What is America has become? We we still the we're still the America that most people think we are. We just got assholes in the White House that we have to get out of there. We have to vote these fuckers out. I mean, Republicans, I don't think there should be another Republican voted in office anywhere. But I'm pretty sure that's going to be impossible because Republicans are going to win something. But they don't have to win in Congress. They don't have to win the White House. Republicans should never win anything ever again. They should be done. And I try to tell people, stop. If you voted for a Republican, make sure you never do it again. Never vote for these fucks again. Or we will have no country. Democracy will be shelved. Trump and his shit-faced Republicans, Congress, will destroy us all. They are about in their fucking pockets. Destruction, mayhem, it puts money in their pockets. Trump is a businessman running a business out of the fucking White House. He should be impeached just for that. But the Republicans, they control every fucking thing. They control everything, every aspect of Washington. They control every gov- the majority of the governorships around America. It's tough. The Democrats don't don't they can't do nothing. They can bitch, they can moan, they can groan, you know, they can file grievances and all this type of shit, but they can't do anything because they they don't control anything. All right, you've been listening to the George Wilder Junior Show. Folks, we're just about off the air. I want to say thanks thanks everybody for tuning in. And uh make sure you tune in next week. We got some great guests uh 
on the show for next week. Tune in for that, folks. And uh, we have had a great time today. Um, talking my ass off. What can I say? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. And I want to say that my son, my son is off to college. I mean, it's just about a done deal, you know, and it's been pretty, pretty rough. Uh, um, I think, uh, um, getting him in college is, is a lot harder than getting him in a grammar school or high school. You know, I mean, college is really strict on who they let in. So, I mean, I I was down there almost every day and um, finally, 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 hopefully he's in. Uh, he's done everything uh, that they wanted him to. I was by his side because I, I have to help him because, you know, he's a little whatever. But anyway, he's, he's going to college and, and someone asked me, and lastly, I'm going to say, uh, someone asked me what was the greatest achievement of my life. And I told her, I said, the greatest achievement of my life is getting my son to graduate from high school. That was a tough, he'd gone for, I mean, 12, 13, 14 years, high, uh, grammar school uh, and high school uh, collectively. Uh, that was that was hard. It was hard, especially when you are a single dad at that time. It was tough. It was rough, especially with his problems. I mean, he's not totally disabled, but something's there. Um, so one of my greatest achievements is seeing him graduate and to put on a little show on stage. Um, that's one of my greatest achievements. And now that he's off to college, that's one of the greatest achievements in my entire life. All right, that's, that, that's it. That's it in a nutshell. My greatest achievement is seeing my son graduate high school and off to college because it was tough. <laughs> it was tough. Uh, I am proud of him. There's no doubt about it, but he needs more work. I need more work. But the thing is that he's off to college and they're talking about a four-year university. Yeah, they're talking about, but he, he first got, has to get through uh, two or three years of junior college, and then maybe, 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 maybe. And that's a big maybe, and that's a big positive. He could be going to Loyola University or some university within the city of, city of Chicago. And I, I applaud him for that because he worked hard. We worked hard. One of, one of his teachers said, Mr. Wilder, from what you, from what you've done, all you've done for uh, Denver, you should get half of his diploma. I should probably get three quarters of it. <laughs> but anyway, it was a a, a a great thing that she said, and uh, I want to say, go Denver, go Denver, go Denver Wilder. All right.
when they start working to bring you down. All right. I want to say uh, we had a great time on the show today, folks. I want to say goodbye <laughs> for now. You can join me uh, next week or, or you can, you know, download and listen to some of the podcasts. I'm all over the Internet. so And every show is pretty decent. All right. Uh, I want to say I'm going to be off. I won't be on live anymore until Monday. This is Thursday. Um, so you guys stay up. Uh, stay positive. Uh, stay mad. Stay pissed off. Vote blue. Okay. Get these jackasses out of our White House. And I will see you next time or whatever you want to pull up a podcast on the show and just sit back and just have a great time listening. All right. Bye bye, everybody. Have a great one. <laughs>